Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody, welcome to episode 391 of the Movie Mavericks podcast. I'm Trevor Aniston, send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. Thanks for joining us on tonight's show. We're going to be talking about Old Dads, Bill Burr's Netflix hit that's uh, being widely seen right now. Also going to be talking about Sly, the documentary on Netflix that I can't wait to give my review to. Uh, Trevor hasn't seen it yet, but I'm going to make sure he sees it before the night's end at this point. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Trailers, I, mean, I know I'm forgetting movies here. What other, what other movies are we talking about on tonight's show? We're talking about Blue Beetle, the Netflix Blue movie, Beetle, or yeah. it's the HBO Max movie that feels like a Netflix movie that feels like a... It's a DC movie. It's, it's yeah. definitely a DC movie because, uh, you know, let's get into the particulars on that one. And trailers, got to talk about Fall Guy, the Ryan Gosling, David Lettich uh, combo on that. Going to be also talking about... Uh, Shit, I'm I'm blanking here. Rebel Moon, the another Netflix. Everything's in Rebel Netflix. Moon, yeah. Netflix. I have lots of Netflix. Streaming is taking over clearly on everything. Yeah, we got here. some full moon here, so I'm pretty excited. But also about Ghostbusters, which will be released in theaters. It is the second mm-hmm. entry in the new trilogy that wasn't necessarily asked for, but we got it. So we're <laughs> going to talk about the trailer for that. Bad CGI Gator. You forget? Don't forget the full moon. Don't I, forget the Danny Draven. We've interviewed the director of Bad CGI Gator. We have many years ago. Uh, yeah. Yes, we sure have. Early years of Movie Mavericks. I know. <laughs> and I, I was never going to forget Bad CGI Gator because I can't wait to talk to you about this. And that is the title of a full moon, uh, fun creature feature that is coming out in the next few weeks here. But first, as we do, trivia time. Uh, which of these performers made their screen debut in the schlock favorite Santa Claus Conquers the Martians? Uh, oh, God, this is going to be hard. Pia Zadora, Stacy Keach, Anne Margaret, or John Rias Davies? I'm going to say Stacy Keach. All right. Just because he made some real shit. Nope. Wow. How could it I? It is Pia Zadora. Who is that? <laughs> Pia Zadora was that Latin Peruvian, I think, Ooh. lady. You know Pia Zadora. Yeah, I know. I, I do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I don't. She's not Zsa Gabor, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right, let me get a re- shot at redemption here. All right. All right. Do you know which of these celebrities has hosted the Academy Awards a record 18 times? Well, this is dumb. Billy Crystal, Jack Benny, Bob Hope, or Johnny Carson? Oh, obviously Billy Crystal, right? No, it's fucking probably Johnny Carson. It is Bob Hope. Bob fucking Hope? The man does everything for charity. I mean, what, what is up with the trivia questions from 1954? I'm sorry. Can we get out of this I don't, I don't do this. This is the book. It's the fucking chooses. book. Uh, let me get at least uh, one win for the night. Let me, let me try to get a third here. Uh, you know. <sighs> this is this testing me. I can't even remember the name of the movies we're talking about tonight. And got me thinking about Bob Hope. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Name the mutant character who transforms and becomes a powerful figure known as the Phoenix in X-Men The Last Stand. Well, this is easy. Wolverine, Storm, Jean Grey, or Cyclops? Thank God I can get this one right. Jean Grey on this. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
All right, well, at least I feel like I had some sort of... Oh, I thought the thing wasn't going to say no. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that one was easy. I want to recount. All right, well, not my night on the trivia, but it is what it is. And I was trying to think of a trivia question for you about which Oscar-nominated actor, Oscar-winning actor has never appeared in a sequel, and then I realized it's a lot of them. You know, Nicolas Cage has never appeared in a sequel, to my knowledge. Uh, DiCaprio has not. I don't know if that's true. Wasn't Nicolas Cage in a sequel? What sequel was he in? I don't know. Wasn't that a thing? Um, I'm not counting the crudes. You might be right. You know, with voice acting. I'm talking about a proper sequel. I don't believe he's ever played a character twice. I don't think. For some reason, I thought that that was broken with something, but maybe I might be wrong. I don't think it was, unless he count playing himself, which is just odd. (laughs) (laughs) Which he did, you know. In the, Uh, I mean, you might be right. There was someone else then. There was something like that with somebody else, and they just, but they did play themselves. But I don't know. I mean, we're supposed to be getting a face off too, so I'll take it. I'll take anything Does at that this count? point I mean, that looks like it's going to be fun and action-packed. And we'll talk about that later on in the show when we talk about the Fall Guy trailer. Oh, there's, they're claiming there's going to be a Lord of War sequel? What? This, this can't be half a minute, though. <laughs> what? No, yeah. <laughs> Lord of War. How, I mean, what is this? Of all the movies to make a sequel to. How would you even do that? What's next? The Weatherman 2? I mean, I guess you could, yeah. All right, okay, let's get off that. All right. Let's talk about the first movie of tonight's show, and that is the Netflix hit seen by over 26 million people, they've estimated. This is Bill Burr's directorial debut, where he stars in it, alongside Bobby Carnival and Bokeem Woodbine, two actors I like very much, uh, in mm-hmm. a road comedy movie, uh, a kind of a getting... Is it? I I guess. mean, at points it is. It, there's a sequence where it's they go on the road together and yeah. they fish out of water kind For of For no sequence. reason whatsoever. Uh, this movie wasn't... It was... Look, I watched it two times, and the second time I watched it... So did I. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't... I mean, does, is that how it's getting 26 million views? I don't know. People are watching it double times, but... Well, we got four of them right there, so... <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? So compound that, and... It did play better for me a second time. It's an easy watch. I'll give it that. I do think that it makes an interesting double feature with another Netflix original, which is You People with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy that came out last year, the Kenya Barris uh, title. But I think that also this movie was a bit of a lost opportunity. I thought it was going to have a little bit more of of an edge. But it's, I don't know, you're almost getting into real light material here this is eddie murphy light i would say and speaking of eddie murphy the casting as much as i like carnival and i like uh bokeem woodbine always good to see him working this movie would have been infinitely better if he had casted comedians like eddie murphy or sebastian maniscalco in those supporting roles i mean those are really roles that you need comedians to bring home because I just didn't feel anything for these guys outside of the Bill Burr character. I didn't care well, about the you, other ones. You didn't laugh out loud at the Bruce Stern character? Okay. I mean... Did you did you not think C. Thomas Howell was fucking amazing in this? No. <laughs> did you? 
No, I thought no one was really good in this. I mean, Bokeem has a, a moment when they're in the car and the, on the car trip or whatever yes. you say that's pretty fucking good and actually kind of funny too. It shot well. It edited well. He's pretty well. lively in that. Yeah, in that scene. But yeah, I mean, a movie about you know cutting your own balls off just so that your wife doesn't yell at you isn't just doesn't. It's not very good, right? I mean, what's the theme of this movie? Bill Burr is an asshole, but other people are assholes. But Bill Burr can't be an asshole to those people and learns not to be <laughs> like i don't understand it yeah literally the end of the movie is a guy being a fucking asshole and bill burgess has to be like oh you know all right thanks do you know what it reminds me for the tip buddy it's but what happened to that guy what does that mean why does that guy get to be an asshole the movie lost its way. First of all, that that sequence in the car is the high point of the movie to me in, in terms of like the edginess of where it should have been and the th- getting to the heart of things. And that's why I say it's a good companion piece to, to you people, which is fun mm-hmm. in the same way. But this was uh, – it just lost its bite it really oh, through Anders. And I thought the whole movie has no point, right? There's really not much of a plot here. I thought we were going to go with like uh, Ron Howard's Parenthood as a model, you know, if you're doing the dramedy thing. But really, mm-hmm. it's not. It's just a a soft pedal uh, romantic they comedy. They just go around do so. I, they lose their fucking jobs. They do. They just go through all this shit, and they don't really um, get anything back for it, right? They don't reach. They don't get their jobs back. They don't get the company back. They don't. They don't do anything. There's no, there's no, there's just nothing for them to do other than to learn that you guys are assholes and you got to stop being assholes. And everybody else gets to be an asshole. And no matter how much that bothers you, too bad. That's the whole movie. Have you ever heard Quentin Tarantino break down the difference between Chevy Chase movies and Bill Murray movies and why he prefers Chevy Chase? You ever hear that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because Chevy Chase movies, he's an asshole at the beginning, he's an asshole at the end. And Bill Murray, yeah. he always changes. You know, his characters have been changed. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's kind of what I was hoping for in this character. And it's not what I got. I got the Bill Murray version of this. Uh, and that's fine in terms of the screenwriting and, and the formula of what they were trying to do. But I was just expecting well, a little hard edge. you could have made that way better if you're going to do that. Like the movie itself, the, the entire universe is against Bill Burr. And he's right. His rants and his raves in this. He's not wrong. But... He, there's literally a moment where he goes on the rave and then a rant and he turns to these guys and says, am I right? And they go, no, you know, and it's like, no, he is fucking right. Yeah, I didn't. Like, what are you talking about? And how is that rant that he goes on any different than the, than what the guy tells him at the end? He's basically saying these, these kids on these scooters running stop signs are going to get themselves killed. Right. And the guy at the end tells him, Hey, don't play baseball with your, your baby strapped to your chest. Right. You're, you're going to hurt the kid. Maybe. I, what's the fucking difference? Like, I'm lost on this movie. The way this movie's poorly written and just poorly executed, it's just a, like not a very good movie. But it's an easy watch, like you say, so it's kind of like, I don't know. It reminds me of what would happen if they had tried to make City Slickers today. This is exactly what the tone would yes. be like. And if you want to watch something that is not that edgy but would seem edgier today is, is City Slickers, and it's not. I mean, it just... Because the guy stands up to the overbearing wife and the father-in-law, you know, the Daniel Stern character. And today, I don't know if he, that character would be allowed to make those choices. But um, that's just the screenwriting of today. And um, Well, Bill Burr wrote this, so. Yeah, I know, but it also has to <laughs> go directed it, so. through a lot of stuff at, at Netflix. Although, I don't know how hands-off they are, because it seems like they are pretty hands-off with a lot of uh, quote-unquote artists. 
it was all his stuff, his comedy and bits and everything. It was just him in this. It was just the rest of the movie that made no sense, right? He also needed other comedic so, talent to, to work off of. He, he's a one man show here. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, you can you can throw Natasha Laguerre or whatever her name is in all these movies like they always do, but she's always only in it for two seconds and she's not very funny. Yeah, yeah, she's wildly overused in these movies, in my opinion. Uh-huh. They always throw her in as a little bit part. Feel bad for her. Like, give her a real role. Not my favorite uh, person on this. All right, let's move on and talk about uh, another Netflix movie. What else have we both seen here um, on this list? Five Nights at Freddy's. This is actually not a Netflix movie. This is a Peacock movie. It's also the number one film in the land for the last couple weeks, uh, opening with an $80 million opening, going to open higher than the last Marvel movie. And it died quickly. Though. It did, but still, <laughs> for a day and date movie, this is a pretty substantial opening. But outside of that, let's get out away from the business and talk about the movie itself. I gotta say, having no mm-hmm. no interest in the video game or anything to do with this, I like this movie. I surprisingly got into this movie, and I know that it's campy. The kills are the least interesting part to me. The 30 minutes leading up to the first kill, the 40 minutes or so, I was actually kind of mm-hmm. into the story. I liked the nods to the 80s, you know, having Mary Elizabeth Masterson as the aunt playing the aunt trying to take the sister away. Um, the little nods to Chuck E. Cheese, obviously, and, and what and, you know, all those little touches in there. I don't know the game. I don't know the, the, the Easter eggs that are happening all over the place. But I know what I saw. Josh Hutcherson is a solid leading man. I, he really is. Strangely, it took this movie for me to accept him as a leading man. And um, I would welcome, I guess, more of these. And it looks like there's going to be quite a few more. But you're a horror aficionado. Give it to Did me straight. Did you see Willy's Wonderland? I didn't see the that. The Nicolas no. Cage version of this? No. Yeah, you, you got to watch that before you try to tell me this is a good rendition of this. Um, look, this was made apparently for the fans of this. I understand why this is the way it is. But this has just has nothing to do with the the actual game itself. This is like all the lore and the setup of everything, and um, I don't know. I think it's boring as shit. To be honest with you, I, I, you enjoyed it, but I would ask you why. He just tries to dream, and, and it doesn't do anything. He tries to, to to find his brother who was stolen from him, but now. Where's the brother at the end of this? What happened to the kid? I guess I was expecting so you little don't know. that getting anything of any sort of the substance. The movie doesn't do anything. It, this movie sets up an, a franchise, right? I mean, literally, that's what it does. It doesn't end. It just says, there will be more. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Like We're just going to make all this nonsense stuff. It barely has anything to do with the Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Freddy's is, is not really in this very much. Um, so I just didn't understand. I, I guess I don't get how this is interesting in any way, but I, for the same reason that you liked it, uh, the fans of it liked it for that same reason, I guess, because they wanted that, that lore and the backstory, which is why this had such a, a huge fall off once those people saw it and obviously can watch it streaming. Probably didn't help them in theaters there either. Uh, they were, you know, nobody else has any interest in this. And I don't blame them. You know, this doesn't have a very high, like, rating on a lot of things. The IMDb rating is, like, 5.5 out of 10. Look, well, it's not scary. I mean, if you're a nine-year-old, this might be the scariest um, movie you've ever that's seen. That's what I mean. But um, it, this is definitely made for 
a certain group of people. Well, I don't know about nine year olds going to see this. You know, they can go see this, but I think uh, this movie's or this game's old enough that the people going to see this are pretty old. Well, I also think that the nods in it are to people our generation or you know even younger here because it's a lot oh, sure. of '80s, '90s uh, nods and yeah. the, the music, you know, talking in your sleep and all. But the animatronics are watch Willy's Wonderland awful in this. I mean, that's the worst part of the movie. Yeah. And that thought, watch Willy's Wonderland. Okay. Not only is Nicolas Cage fucking badass in that movie, but it doesn't fuck around with all this other shit, you know, and it's. I don't know. I just thought it was a lot more fun. It definitely like alludes to things more than than gives you this whole bullshit like this kid just falling asleep all the time trying to sleep. You know, <laughs> he is a dozy little twat, isn't he? I mean, fuck, he can't keep his eyes open. It's the whole fucking movie is just he's. I gotta sleep. He takes pills and all this shit. I gotta, I gotta sleep in my dreams. It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with Five Nights at Freddy's? You know, I don't know if all the ghost shit. It's just fucking. It's too much for me I thought this was this was this is a hard pill to swallow I think that's why I liked it because I didn't think it was going to be I thought it would be very very thin and they actually overstuffed uh-huh. it here um, kind of like what happened I know that's wildly different in tone but what I was expecting was very little from the movie Silent Hill and then when I got that movie I thought that was much deeper and, and more professionally done than I thought it had any right Man, to be I would- but I would say that that is way better. Of course, than yeah. Like the Resident Evil movies, I think are better than this. If you're going to go through that type of a thing, but this is probably I, I don't know. I look, there's fucking books. Five Nights at Freddy's is huge. So if you're going to get into like the lore of it, I don't know any of that shit because I don't have time for this. I, I don't like it that much. You know, I'm also wasn't young enough when this came out. You know, as a game to give a shit. But yeah, there's like fucking books and like. Uh, there's all kinds of shit, so um, I, I can only imagine that people are going to come back from like when they keep making these. They're probably still going to make a decent amount of money on opening weekend, yeah. Yeah, well, and also I think the next one is not going to come to streaming. They're going to go straight to the theatrical because of the wild success well, this, this one's one having. Did, this one did both, but it this one was both at the same time. To be fair, yeah, it was. So this was simultaneous yeah so it didn't just come to stream but i don't blame them for not doing it was kind of dumb at this point like but who would know right who would have a fucking clue but yeah you probably have a a much better drop off um have it not been available just streaming because i bet you plenty of people would have gone back and seen this again i wonder because um i know you know teenagers that have now seen this three four times and so it's resonating with them for some reason somehow and um i've only heard they probably know about the games and they probably i people like uh all that kind of weird shows like like creepy pasta stuff just weird shit that was on the internet for a long time scary stories and things but they're like uh how would you put it like you know we had like are you afraid of the dark as a tv show and things like that things that were uh for kids but it was still scary like rl stein stuff you know Mm -hmm. shit like that that's still around and still does gangbusters today because i think kids still want to be scared and stuff but they might not necessarily be you know ready for the adult stuff i don't know I wonder if this is going to hold up for them. You know, if this is going to be a, a fun because this obviously can't. I think be. it is. Like, but like I say, there's already a huge. Uh, there's already a big amount of, uh, like, and 
ancillary like uh, stories and and things that people are selling for this uh, more than just the game like built on top of it so I, I think you could make a couple more movies out of this and they would probably still come see it I don't what other thing do you know that where they've had like books and shit like this uh, not, so not many. Like yeah. Marl Stein shit, you know. This, yeah, this is kind of its own. Like, Goosebumps would be the closest thing, which they're rebooting, obviously on and, Disney Plus right now. Yeah, and it would be though. What the wouldn't you? I have to agree. It's, it's fairly tame in that sense, but it still has the ghost aspect it's to it. It's homogenized. The, the things that come alive and do that, and and they're dealing with other things other than just the horror aspect of it, right? They have a a whole story that that's separate to that you know it's it's awfully adult like that part of it <laughs> so i don't know well, even the kidnapping i thought this is a little heavy for children, that's what i you mean know? because i don't know it's a weird ending too because i didn't think um i will say that the, that i don't is that a twist ending it tries to be <laughs> I mean, I'm like the Matthew Lillard reveal, is that kind of a Matthew Lillard, by the way, thank you for bringing this up, actually is the only one really on the vibe of where I thought this movie should be. You know, like in terms of his acting and his what he was doing, uh-huh. I thought Matthew Lillard would give his best performance he's given in a long fucking time. But is it, because did you, did you think that the yellow bunny was dead, or do you think it was alive? I, I guess I, did, I thought it was dead. That's what I thought too. So I was, it was interesting when it turned out to be just a man. Yeah, I mean, because I thought he was already dead and was a ghost who would like come back to them or whatever. Yeah, I. Um, otherwise, and uh, so I'll put this out there: if it's just the guy, and how is he controlling the? How did he know that there would be that the ghost would stick around if he killed the kids? And uh, that's way this part too much no logic sense to me at all. Applying to this movie. You, you've gone one step down. But shouldn't there be something mystical? Because the daughter is like, oh. He uh, has this this pull over them, like this hold, and they do what he says. It's like, how do they know what he says to do? Like, he has to come show up, right, and tell them what to do, and they just do shit? I, he programs it's them? It's fucking weird. The whole thing with the story. Yeah, with the stories and, like, with the pictures and things. And, like, the one girl drew, drew like, a picture of, of you know, I, you know the movie. You see yeah. that? Isn't that weird? I just thought that was so fucking, like, I don't know. I just thought that was weak. Well, it's it's not a it's not a fucking <laughs> barn burner solid movie. It's just better than I thought it was going to be. So I give it a moderate recommendation. Trevor sounds like he gives it a moderate uh, non recommendation. So we're not that far apart of this movie. Uh, if you know that you're going to like this movie, you already know. I think. I, although I didn't think I would, and I I was pleasantly surprised on it because it's not a hard watch. That's true. I meant if you were a fan specifically. I meant specifically this is made for fans. I guess is what I meant. But yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on and talk about the DC film Blue Beetle. This will be premiering on HBO Max uh, sometime on November 17th. So it'd be widely available for you to check it out. It was originally supposed to be an HBO Max product before they threw it out into theaters late last summer. It did have respectable domestic gross for what it was. And I don't know Mm -hmm. why, because I'm watching this movie, and as well as it's (laughs) technically made... I don't see how this survived the accent that Batgirl got. You know, that never came to screen because it was a tax write-off, much like they're just doing... Or anything else, yeah. with yeah. Ky- uh, Wile E. Coyote movie that they just announced. Scooby-Doo stuff, the Wile E. Coyote Yeah, two stuff. or three movies yeah. now. How this made it to the screen, and why, of all characters, this guy, this, uh, you know, whatever this fucking kid's name is here, uh, Jaime in the movie here... Um, 
why he's yeah. going to be part of the extended DC universe going forward because nothing about this movie save the special effects which are now very common in these things were particularly interesting. Did you find I, anything I guess to latch people, on to? No, this is the poor man's Spider-Man, right? I mean, he's just Peter Parker. Um that's what, he has the one-liners. He he's a fun kid guy. <laughs> you know, I'm doing superhero things. Well, they try to tie it on to Batman's um, world because he's going to Gotham Law School. So there's some tie to tie into... If that's just the DC stuff. I Yeah, that's... I mean, this is Spider-Man. There's it, no question about it, right? <clears throat> it takes place... They're uh, scientists, whatever, guys. The thing gets... It's a blue beetle that basically, you know, bites and attaches into his back but it's basically just like a spider that bites him what's right? the scare it's, it's damn near literally spider-man um yeah the, the scarab i i know it's, it's just so uh generic you know susan sarandon is just a yeah. joke in this i don't even know why she's cast um or why she would agree to do it other than the paycheck um george lopez just feels like just playing second fiddle. I don't George know what the George Lucas feels perfunctory in this movie, I, and for no reason. Why is he so smart in this all this shit? Like it's so weird. And the thing is, too, this this smart cracking kid who's supposed to be ultra likable as well isn't all that Peter likable in this movie. The I didn't think <laughs> no, the stakes they don't give were him to do. that high to be honest. So what they the yep. parents get their house back? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's okay. No one reminded well, the dad me of, dies, right? Doesn't he? So it's it's just very like, Spider-Man. I mean, it's literally Spider-Man. I mean, you can't deny it. But it's just, you're right. There's like no stakes. I don't care about any of the people. I really didn't like the family. I get like the, the family thing. They were all together and he, but it doesn't make any sense. It becomes the Blue Beetle and the family's just like joking about it. Like, oh, what's going on? Ha ha. And it's supposed to be fun. Like, it's too fun. Almost like it can't, there's nothing serious about the movie. It makes no sense. I just didn't, like I said, I, I couldn't figure out what the end game was here for what these characters ultimately wanted other than thwarting a bad guy. But w- w- you know, the, the, the father's gone. He's already. just a superhero now. He's just a superhero. Yeah, Al, Al, I get to be a superhero. Alberto's gone. The dad's gone. It's weird. And he doesn't struggle with it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no struggle. I'm sure that was Isn't cut that weird? down. I, I, that feels like that was a, a studio cut down because this movie cut down. The movie's two hours. long. It's two hours and ten minutes long, and I'm telling you that there feels like there were scenes cut out of this already. Uh, oh, I guarantee there were. That's every movie. Though. But I mean, significant chunks because, like you said, especially today, they wrap things up. Still today, damn that's quickly. every fucking movie yeah they do. I mean, it's all like aftermath all of a sudden the girl is the new ceo and she's gonna you know fix yeah. all the the damage that's yeah. ever been been caused to them and then it, all the neighbors gather around and you're like well this is rushed it's just it's a bizarre <laughs> kind of tacked on uh, the epilogue. whole movie's like that though the whole movie is is very rushed i felt like to me like they just everyone just goes with everything um and that's it. Like, why? Why is it? Why are they so smart? I still don't understand why they're all so smart. Why does the George Lopez character have like a fucking giant beetle thing that he drives around? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> a bad, a bad choice. 
I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't pay a hundred percent attention to this movie because this is boring as shit. But there's some weird stuff in here. That I was just like, what is going on? Well, the special <laughs> effects reminded me of something like Spawn, where he could do fantastical shit, you know, with the sword and, and all sorts of stuff he wanted to do, yeah. which was cool. You know, the, oh, all, for all sure. that is, is really well done, as to be expected. But uh, the relationship with the uncle was not. I just kept thinking that the uncle was the one that was going to die and not the father. You know, because that's the whole Spider-Man thing. Um, but Susan Sarandon right. as the bad CEO and, you know, who in the sister of this guy who just wants this scarab and you just, it doesn't matter. None of this fucking matters. And they don't make anything for you to latch yeah. onto. There's nobody to care about in this movie. The, the color palette's cool is all I can say. It really reminded me of such bad DC efforts as Steel the Shaquille O'Neal one that came out in the late 90s, mm-hmm. you know, with at least that had, uh, not C. Thomas Howell, but who's your other boy uh, from from the Rat Pack there? Judd Nelson as the bad guy, you know, who was up against Shaq. And at least Judd Nelson was bringing some energy to that movie, whereas nobody here, is, I don't know, George Lopez, George Lopez of all people, I thought he would be the live wire. He's just kind of in it. You know, he doesn't do anything that's remarkable. He doesn't, he's not really the comedic interest. I think there's a lot that's remarkable. I just don't know why he's able to do his, it. Him being in the movie, this could have I been mean, played by anybody. <laughs> why, why George Lopez? It's just perfunctory because he's a fucking name uh, and he's a Hispanic actor. So You know, there are moments, I think this movie, there are moments this movie remind me of like Spy Kids and shit like that with like the family stuff. Because <laughs> um, all, all, all of a sudden the family is like all together with it like the, like, like the grandma shooting everybody up and shit. I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of uh, spy type shit going on here too. Yeah, oh, you yeah, yeah. That? Like, so like James the girl's Bondy. Got the gat. Yeah. She's just knocking everybody out. Like there's a lot you didn't know about grandma or whatever. Like what the fuck is going on? Why is this like spy kids all of a sudden? Everyone's like a superhero you didn't know about. You didn't know your whole family was superheroes. In fact, <laughs> fucking Antonio oh. Banderas should have been the uncle, not George Lopez. I would have bought him as the intelligent one a little bit more. I thought this is a weird movie. It's just the more I think about it, it's just weird, man. I hate to keep using this term, but misguided. And I feel like a lot of these projects, you just yeah. can, the fingerprints are all over them from different. I don't know if it's different regimes at the studio or what, but it just seems like maybe this was saved in the edit or they they changed it in the edit. But I feel like there was a lot of connective tissue and extra scenes, and they probably this thing probably clocked in at close to three hours, and they said, "Fuck this, let's start cutting." Doesn't every movie do that now? Yeah. And those are the ones that are released theatrically. I thought, I thought that's how they made them now. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cut a bunch of shit out. Isn't that what they just do? Just shoot everything? Um, yeah. Decide later? It's really remarkable when a movie is now under two hours. It's, you know, earn those minutes, people. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, earn those minutes. It really is. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on and talk about Sly. I got to talk to you about the Sylvester Stallone documentary that was on the Netflix top 10 for a few days there. Um, Still very popular, though. I think it's getting uh, really good reviews as well. Premiered at the New York Film Festival and a couple other places last summer and now is widely available for everyone to see. And I've seen this thing two and a half times now. I knew that I was going to probably like it, although I consider myself a bit of a historian on the man. You know, I, I know a lot of random details on his life, but mm-hmm. hearing him in his own voice, and I gotta say, I didn't feel the protected veneer 
I mean, obviously these guys all have it, but I didn't feel as much as I did when I watched the Schwarzenegger doc. I feel like Stallone was being a little bit more um, honest about his failures and in things that had happened. And now, having said that, he grazes past. We don't talk about the divorces. We don't talk about his one son who's autistic. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about. He can get in a, a divorce last year and then rekindling with his wife. A lot of that's moved past, but as a fan of the films and of the man and of the story and of the legend and the icon, it's fucking fantastic. There is so much shit in here. There's like, there's like shots of his like scripts in his diaries. I gotta pause this thing. I keep telling myself I'm gonna go back and just like read it line for line, like what they have on screen because it's access to his personal archives and all sorts of shit and just. Um, I mean, just really, really interesting stuff. And they have key interviews by Schwarzenegger, by Quentin Tarantino, John Herzfeld, who was his buddy and also a filmmaker, uh, his brother. I mean, all sorts of people are in this. But it's the interviews with Stallone and what he's saying and the way he says it. And it ends on such a pitch-perfect note that honestly, I, I wish there was like a sequel coming. I wish we could get more of these. I'm kind of mad <laughs> we only get 90 minutes of this. I, I want, I want more. Uh-huh. You know, I want more layers peeled back. And um, I don't know. Are, do you have any plan to watch this? Are you interested in this at all? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch this one. This one looked way better. Um, I didn't watch the Schwarzenegger one. It didn't. I pretty much know everything that's in there, and it didn't look very interesting. This one looks a lot better. I think it's a little bit put to. I mean, the Schwarzenegger one was three 50 minute episodes or so, and it was the bodybuilding, the uh, acting, the political career. Yeah. And, you know, however you feel about them, you might like one or two or maybe even all three of those episodes. But they did get a little heavy handed and, and long in the tooth, whereas this was. I mean, every minute of it, I was just thinking, oh, no, we're getting closer to the end of it. I never want it to end. You know, when he starts talking about <laughs> his son, starts talking about making Rocky Five, all this stuff, you know, and for a hardcore fan like me, I wish he, I wish I could hear him break down every single fucking movie he's ever been in and tell me all the backstories about him. You know, I would, would love to hear him from even the misfires, but that's not what we're ever going to get. And this is the fucking closest thing I'm ever going to get. To, to hearing this about it or that about it. So a uh, big recommendation for me, obviously. Not surprising, I don't think, to anybody that follows the show that I'm recommending a Stallone podcast or a Stallone documentary. But I think that if you had the choice to watch <laughs> Expendables 4 or this, do yourself a fi- favor and pass on Expendables 4 <laughs> and watch this. <laughs> not to beat a dead horse. Well, I'll probably watch both. But. Yeah, as you should, as you should, you know. I mean, okay. but this yeah. this first because um, this really is worth your time, <laughs> and it's not it does is not dull at all. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Tell me what you've seen that I haven't seen. I want to say you're you've seen the Spanish horror film. Is it Spanish? I know it comes from a, a different land. Where does this horror film come from? Um. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember. What the? I mean, yes, it's like Spanish. I don't remember what country it was in. Now. So it's subtitled. Um, but it's when evil lurks. Uh, everyone's raving about this, and uh, it's fucking good. <laughs> um, it's foreboding as all shit. Yeah, um, and it is a slow burn, but it is you're like for me. I was locked in on this. I was like, oh my god, it is nuts. Like the special effects are fantastic in this, and there are moments, literally, that I was just. 
I didn't not expect them to go where they went for some of it. Um, even though you kind of do, but they never do in, in, in any horror movies. They do in this. They, they go there. And I'm not telling you what it is. I'm not giving it away. But um, it's a great movie. So the, the whole thing is about um, people have this sickness. They get they get infected. But it's, it's demons, right? Infect them. And uh, then they have to have like a special person come out and get rid of the demons or, or whatever. And it's just normal life. So it's not... You know, some dystopian future thing where there's demons everywhere and they have to stop. It's just uh, like the exorcist type shit, you know. And so in the cities, they would have this happen all the time. Then it, it causes, it wreaks havoc. You know, basically the evil can can uh, do its thing and get out and kill people. And uh, so these guys are out in the country. They There's this big, ugly, infected guy. And they... Uh, and uh, the guy who was supposed to come get them is killed, or is supposed to come get the evil out of him is killed. And so these guys live around there, have to figure out what the hell they're going to do. And they decide to move the body, and basically all hell breaks loose, you know, from that. And um, yeah, they they just travel around trying to trying to stop it. Um, it's really good. I honestly like I don't recommend horror to a, a lot of people because you know tastes differ but this is really good well i heard a counter argument uh from somebody that saw it recently and they were telling me mm-hmm. that it was too much of a slow burn for them and it is a slow burn that, that's fair and enough. That they were really thrown off by the fact that all of a sudden everybody knew the rules associated with possession and things like that that it was hard to believe that these people were um, so ad- adept at knowing that's, the that's, knowledge and having I would the argue that's incorrect. Okay. That's fair. I haven't seen it. You know, I would argue that's incorrect. So the the people who do know those things, it makes sense that they know them and they're introduced in such a way. Um, I mean, I'll give you the, one of them towards the end. Um, I, I'd give you, but they do they do set up that a little bit and they, they kind of don't just make it. So they, they totally come out of the, of the blue, but um, but I don't know. These people all exist in uh, rural areas and stuff, and so they're um, like it's different, I, I guess, in the city. But it's like uh, you know, tales handed down over time. Like the grandma on this, like is is telling the kid about, oh, this is like what you don't do, like with these things. Here are the rules, and she explains the rules. But it's like, you know, um, like I say, it's like a tale that like they. they would have in some I don't know other country and they would give it like a fairy tale or a, um, an old wives tale or shit like that you know so it's not explained in such a way as oh how does everyone know about this well a lot of people know about it they don't believe it gotcha okay well I, I trust your opinion much so more than him I, I d- disagree with that one but I, but they're right about the slow burn part it's a slow burn but I really liked it when you say foreboding, it was, it's like foreboding those are my kind of movies. And like, yeah, like you can feel like it's tense. Like uh, for me, it was anyways. And, and it just, it keeps writing that tension until finally something happens and it delivers. Like that's the thing I, I think I like about this most. When you get into horror movies, you can get into those movies that just want to do all the tension. You know, they just want to rev you up and then they don't, they don't pull through. They don't go through with the thing and this movie does every single time so i don't know i thought this was really all good. right and plus for how slow it is 
I'll tell you this, for most horror movies, you don't really like the people in it. You don't really feel like you get to know them or feel like you're going on a, a journey with them. And in this movie, uh, you do. And it has a really slow first act, but you do get to get to know the, the two guys and they the, the acting's great as well. I don't know. I thought this was a really good it movie. It sounds like a strong recommendation from you. I would say yes. I'm going to have to check it out because I don't usually watch a lot of horror films, but when you recommend one highly, I do try to check it out because um, I, I like your taste on these for the most part. Uh, the foreboding movies, the ones that have these rising tensions, sometimes they backfire. I wasn't a big fan of Hereditary, something like that. Neither was I. I didn't like Hereditary either. So, I mean, this is like an... This is like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, like not only in his prime, but just like he's fucking lost his mind. Oh, I'm curious now. You know what I mean? Like, you know how he can build like he, like he, like for even for his failures, you get the idea that he's going for. Him, well, what like he's the village, even. This one, this one, yeah. Well, any of them, even old, like I get the idea of it. It's not a very good movie and he fails miserably in it, but I understand the idea of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to create. And this movie is able to do that. I'm going to definitely check it out. Where'd you see it at? Is it streaming right now? Uh, it's streaming on Shutter. Oh, okay. So you don't have to get Shutter, or if you have AMC Plus, you have um, you pay for cable, so you might have AMC. I Plus. do still pay for cable. I cable. can't believe. I think I I'm like the only person left in America that's doing it. If you have, yeah. If you do, if you do get the AMC Plus with your cable or whatever, then you, you you'll get Shutter as oh, well. You have to check that out because I do want to see Wiley or Willie's Wonderland, which I think is on Hulu right now. Uh, you should watch Willis Wonderland. I, uh, <laughs> I'll check it out. That's another highlight. I recommend that to everyone to watch Willis Wonderland. It's well, anything with Nicolas Cage, I'll give it a shot to. And it's got Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah, and he's being weird. They're like, just be, be fucking weird. Or is weird. he just being Nicolas Cage? He doesn't speak. He doesn't speak a single line of and dialogue. he's probably cool a movie. master thespian. Watch yeah, the movie. I will, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, it's, he's just looking at him. You're just like, oh, my God, this guy's going to fuck some shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. I think I told you, I don't know who's booking the local theater over here, but we've had a slew of Nicolas Cage movies come play for like a week there. Butcher's Crossing, The Old Way. Uh, I mean, what was the, the retirement plan played there recently? So I think even Sympathy for the Devil. So whoever's booking over there uh, clearly has a deal with either Saban Films or uh, it likes Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some trailers because I'm excited to talk about a few of these. But the first one I want to start off with is probably the most anticipated of the bunch, and that is <laughs> Ghostbusters Rebel Frozen Ghostbusters. Frozen Empire. Because this is the one that I think is going to take the most uh, heat because it's coming out in theaters. I believe it's coming out this, this holiday season. It's still coming out the holiday season, or they push it back to next year? Maybe next year at this point, next summer. Um, I didn't see a release date tag um, on this, but... However, this is the second in this new release date, March. 29th. Okay, so it's pushed back to next year. I, I, I hate no pun intended. I didn't feel any heat coming from this. I didn't. I don't know what this is. I like that they started off with the "Cruel Summer" song, and it had a cool vibe to it. And then it went along. And the second the Ghostbusters thing was introduced, I remembered. Oh, I don't get the Ghostbusters. I get these kids. And Paul Rudd, who I like, but I don't give a fuck about anybody in this movie. Well, it, this trailer gives me no reason to give a shit or get invested in this on any level. 
Um, I, I'm mystified at why we have this, why this exists. And um, with each one of these things that keep coming up, I think that that 2016 version with the with the ladies there looks better and better and more was more, more in, in keeping. Yeah, I was going to say more in keeping with yeah, what was. came before. And this now is very yeah. off. I mean, it's so... First of all, why is it so dense? This doesn't look fun. They're trying to turn this into... They're, well, they're trying to create a mythos around this so they can create a franchise, right? I'm, I don't understand how people... Any true fan of the original Ghostbusters movies, you know, will reject that 2016 one. It does kind of feel like um, it's because they're women, uh, which is odd because I reject many other things because they're women. But no, but not that, <laughs> um, <laughs> not that one. Yeah, no, I, we dislike things because they're not good. You know, not because you throw a bunch of women in them. And that one was pretty good. It was like a Ghostbusters movie. Um, and these Ghostbusters movies don't, these new ones, you know, Afterlife, whatever the fuck, a terrible fucking title. So really, Afterlife and Frozen yeah, Empire. Yeah, it's real bad. Um, these don't feel like they're for the original Ghostbusters fans at all. Like, not even a little bit. They feel like they are big 2020 movies with a lot of special effects, and you throw some kids in there, you know, get the kid from... Um, Stranger Things there. Uh, Stranger Things, get Finn Wolfhard in there, you know, and have the originals in there and um and pat oswalt just for good fun why is everyone not like pat oswalt in this movie that's the one thing i don't understand like that's what you're gonna focus that's on? the least offensive thing in the movie like there's nothing yeah this movie does not feel magical to me even though it's telling me don't you call it ghostbusters you like ghostbusters right come on you like it what I noticed in this oh, trailer... God, I, just, I hate movies like that. It feels like a fan movie again. Like Just like the Afterlife When they one. showed the Ghostbusters headquarters being frozen and they had that piano riff for a second, I realized how it didn't uh-huh. land as much as the piano riff in the Maverick trailer landed. It's like the complete opposite. This has no impact for yeah. me whatsoever. And I'm a huge fan of those first two Ghostbusters movies. I mean, I love them. And these are, <laughs> are the most inconsequential and unnecessary f- sequels that I can the think of. The comedy is totally different. The The storylines are, are they just, it's too different, you know, and you could do other ghost things. I don't, I, you know, it, I'm so sick of the franchise mentality of all this stuff and people who complain about it, but then will eat this type of stuff up. Like you don't see this happening here. Well, it's not interesting. There's no character here to get behind. That's why they didn't actually show you any characters. That's what I mean. There's no point to make this other than to make a bunch of them. Yeah, true. Now, let's move on because I don't even want to waste any more time talking about that fucking trailer. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Rebel Moon. This is Zack Snyder's Netflix offering $200 million part one Child of the Fallen or some shit uh, subtitled here. Yeah, Child there of Fire. There you go. <laughs> An awful subtitle as well as along with Frozen Empire. Yeah. But... I got to say that I didn't think I was going to like this trailer. And by the time it was over, I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more interested uh-huh. in this than I thought I would be. And this looks pretty fucking well, good. Can we actually talk about why this is a poorly cut trailer? This is fucking terrible trailer. Um, but the scenes like this, the end of this, tra- the first half of this trailer feels like, Oh, what's, what is this? Mm. And um, then there's a scene that like that first half ends with her, 
you know, beating the guys to show up and fighting them, which looks fucking terrible. But then when she leaves, when they go off planet and they start fucking around doing all this other stuff, and you see these other characters, yeah. it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, when Charlie it? Hoonan gets involved, um, and there's a lot more. Yeah, you know, she's touching this robot, and there's all sorts of slow yeah, motion Zack Snyder. It, yeah, it looks it awesome. It does look like she's collecting. I was like, "Ooh, this a rogues gallery of characters." Good. And I like the the Sophia Butella, whatever her name is. Um, uh, she's good in roles like this. She's solid. Yeah. Um, where she's where she's gonna be a little more physical and stuff. She's great in these types of roles. So, yeah, I like like you say. I was I felt the same way, but I think this trailer is just poorly cut. Am I wrong? I, we'll have to see the movie, but. This is a shit trailer. I didn't mind how it was cut so much as when I was watching it, I felt like, well, at least it landed. At the end, it, it had the weight of a real trailer you would have seen in a theater, I felt like. Um, and I, But it's just a bunch of images cut together yeah, at but the end. Yeah, those like, are nice I images. I don't know what the fuck is going I on. I don't care. Uh, yeah, They're I know, beautiful. That's just me. I don't care. They're beautiful. <laughs> well, you, you might care when you're watching this two-hour long oh, fucking movie. Oh, it's probably going to be two and a half, I mean, three hours but, as long, as to be honest. But doesn't it remind you of some, some Wachowski stuff? I, oh, I'm so glad you That's said that. That's what it reminded me Thank me. you for saying that. Doesn't Trevor, it? Trevor, I was going to say this. It feels just like some of their At later best stuff. best case scenario, we're going to get some 300 meet Star Wars. At worst case, we're getting some Jupiter Ascending shit here. I don't know what we're getting. <laughs> no, but it kind of looks... Well, they had some other better stuff, but it kind of... It does remind... Yeah, I know. It does look Jupiter Ascending. Um... What's the other one uh, with Tom Hanks? Yeah, Cloud uh, Atlas. Uh, what is that shit? Cloud Atlas. It does remind me of that too, especially with all the running around. And because things look so fucking different from shot to shot towards the end of this, you're like, how the fuck do they get there? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Who's this? Is this is this all from this part one or is this going to be part two as well? Because this trailer is fucking, it makes no and sense. And Snyder then confuses even more and says this is a prequel to Army of the Dead. So... It's in the same universe, he's saying. So who what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I guess everything. It, why not make it this? It's the same universe as, as uh, Ghostbusters. Huh? All right. But I'm intrigued. You I got to say, so. I'm way more intrigued than I thought I was going to be. And I'm glad that we get something worthwhile yeah. during this Christmas season because the calendar is very slim pickings uh, in terms of theatrical releases. And it'll be streaming. Yep. Um, so which is, I think, even better for them. They might want to... Uh, you know, align themselves if they're going to spend this amount of money on these fucking movies like this. Um, releasing them in this time frame is a good idea. Yeah, look what happened with Don't Look Now. I mean, everybody watched that because they were home. It was Christmas. It's a big. It's a big release that should be yeah. released in theaters. Uh, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic move. Okay, let's talk about the next trailer, which is the Fall Guy. Ryan Gosling doing the action hero, action romantic comedy. This looks like. Um, I, at first, when we start off, first when it started, I thought, okay, is this going to be a remake <laughs> of, of Hooper, the Burt Reynolds film? You know, he made with Hal Needham. It was a TV but, show? I know, but I thought the vibe they were going for was Hooper. You know, but I know it's the Fall Guy uh, with Lee Majors, okay. um, and I watched that as a kid with Heather Locklear and the whole thing. I I, I liked that yeah. show, uh, even the theme song. And this isn't quite that. This is like a Baywatch-esque version but of that. This as actually plays. This trailer plays. Yeah, the story, <laughs> the concept for the story works. Well, maybe because of the director, but I as think. as it's going, I thought, oh, this is what you and I, when we saw The Lost City, and we had the Brad Pitt character kind of came in and stole the show for 20 minutes, and we said, I wish we were going with that character or doing something with that kind of vibe. Yeah. That's what this feels like to me. Uh, that they, they kind of said... 
I, I don't know. The whole concept of it from this trailer alone works, and I'm very excited to see this movie. Well, why is look? Look, I have not disliked a David Leach or whatever the hell I say his name. I think it's Leach. 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 Yeah, might be right. Well, it's L E I T C H. But I tell you what, I've not liked. I've disliked. not disliked a movie that he's directed yet. Um, so I'm all in for this, and it's right up his alley. Obviously, former stuntman himself. Um, and yeah, it's just I. This movie looks like fucking fun. Pure doesn't fun it? and and funny. Uh, good chemistry between Blunt and uh, Gosling yeah. there as well, and it looks like it's going to have some decent action on top of it. So, what's well, interesting? This, uh, uh, yeah, because this was, I think, well, like a Martin Campbell was going to make this at one point, and then they had said um, after that that it was going to be McGee uh, and it was going to star The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so this is way fucking better than any yeah. Of this that. iteration seems like it's going to work, and with Gosling on a hot streak right now, I think that this will draw even more people to go see this. So I think this could have the possibility of being a franchise out of nowhere, uh, you know, Fall Guy 2 and 3. But if the story by Drew Pierce and the screenplay also by Drew Pierce is as good as this trailer is, is letting on to, to be, um, then I, I think we're in good hands here. And the last David Leach movie that came out, Bullet Train, I thought the trailer of that sucked. And I was, not, you know, both you and I waited till that was on streaming to catch. And both of us mm-hmm. put that on our top of the last year list. So... Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, the hell so did of I, that. surprisingly, so, yeah. So I think this will be a lot of fun like that. You know, a lot of great stunts, a lot of great action work, as you can see in this. And it looks beautiful. He His movies are shot to, to look fantastic. And they look like, uh, they don't look modern day. They're slick and sleek like modern day movies, but they look more like 90s, 2000s. Which give them a certain grandeur. Like Doesn't it make years them look old. bigger? Yeah. Yes. I think so too you know the the color palettes that he uses and things are just very d- different than what a lot of movies use today they're they're still stark and they're still colorful and things but there's a lot of the muted stuff and a lot of more warm warmish tones throughout the entirety of frames especially oh, so in this fucking tobacco filters um, on there where you, it just looks beautiful that sun-drenched look yeah yes yeah a lot of less of like um you know a lot of his other stuff is a little darker as in like nighttime takes place at night you know um this is like broad daylight for a lot of it so and a, obviously a good fit for him being a stuntman like you said and uh looks like this could be mm-hmm. i think a potential franchise starter so to mark my words here I, once big, again big hit but at least this first one looks like it'll be um you know at least I mean, they could do a lot of things with the next one. They could pair him with a another guy. You know, it's a buddy cop thing. So him and this other stuntman yeah, John have to Wick. be buddies. John Wick yeah. and the Fall Guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you know, I still haven't seen John Wick four. I am so embarrassed about that. I gotta check that fucking thing. Uh, I keep falling asleep. I cannot get through it. I know. I put it on too late. It's it's too dense. I start falling asleep. Problem is this. It's a long. It's three hours long. It's a rough one. So it's you know I can watch it in twenty minute increments before I fall asleep. It is, and it's it's never ending. Like it just goes on and on for an ending that you're like Jesus. We could have just fucking did that. And there's actually like a whole sequence before the ending where he's fighting people going up the stairs to get to the fucking place, and they're like long stairs. Um, and it's just like, holy shit. He just keeps like beating this bad guy and he gets fucking up the stairs a little bit and it's fucking another dude. It's like, oh my but God. But a beautifully <laughs> shot movie. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, last trailer for the night. Let's talk here about Mean Girls. I know this is uh, your favorite of the night, so you wanted to discuss it. And I'm mean going... Girls. No, bad oh, CGI right. gator. Bad CGI gator. But let's talk about the Mean Girls. I don't care about but Mean Girls. Let's talk about this briefly, because I needed you to describe this to me, because I didn't understand what the fuck this trailer was. Uh-huh. And you had a perfect analogy. <laughs> Please explain on air. Well, it's like Little Shop of Horrors, you know, the... Uh, um uh, the movie existed, and then it was a musical, and then Roger Corman made that into, turned the musical into a movie again that everyone loves. And so that's what they did with Mean Girls, apparently. It was a movie, then it was a musical, and they took the musical, and they've made it into a movie, but it's obviously too soon, is it not? I Like, the first one's a really good movie. For, for Little Shop of Horrors, the first Little Shop of Horrors movie, n- nobody likes it. So that that the musical of that is the one that everyone likes, but this trailer is there's no like music in it. It actually tries to fool you into thinking that it's not a musical. Yeah, I had no idea that it was a musical until the end. So I don't get it. Yeah, I'm so confused by this whole thing. Um, I I think it's going to be a bomb to some degree. I think people who will show up to some degree because they're going to obviously have fans who just their life is being a fan. I don't know. It's not how it is nowadays. Let's just say I'm a fan but of this. But is Mean Girls still acceptable? Isn't that bullying that now? I mean, isn't that like not, wouldn't that be out of fashion? I thought that. That's the point of the movie. I thought the whole fucking thing was right. out of fashion I mean, now. The whole. They, sh- I, well, no, because there's a lot of bullying. It still happens today, right? And they all talk about bullying. So, I, I mean, it, it's like it's not a for bullying. It's like against it, right? Uh, the movie was twenty years old, and I thought that it wasn't a classic by any means. But I thought it was at least a nice reminder of the eighties movies we got. I, it is a classic. Really? I disagree. Do you it's like it classic. that much? I never liked it that much. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Lindsay Lohan in her prime. Yeah, I don't argue um, with you on that. <laughs> and Rachel McAdams in her uh, prime too. Rachel McAdams and what's her name? Um, Is it Lacey Cuthbert? You know. Oh, God. <laughs> she is in that. But no, I mean, uh, what's her name? The fucking writer. No, it's uh, Tina Fey. Fucking Liz Lemon, thank you. Sarah Tina Fey. <laughs> I can remember her fake name, but not her real name. Um, yeah, Tina Fey, and it's good Tina Fey. I don't know what this is. Tina Fey's in this one, too, so. Yeah, I think she uh, wrote this one as well. Or, of course, she wrote the original, so, of course, she wrote this one. Well, yeah. right, yeah, so who knows? It's like Tim Meadows is back, too. I don't know, it doesn't was look it, very good. Was Tim Meadows back? Did I see a shot of him? I thought I saw, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he's in the, he's the colon, too. Well, if you know. go to see this, you know what you're getting. And I don't know, it, man. What, it can't be any worse point? than that Grease Rise of the Pink Lady show that they had on for a while, so. Ooh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> it looks better than that. I say that much. I can't believe that was a it show. It was definitely a show. Uh, I think it's gone though. Ooh, wow. Okay, last trailer of tonight is Bad CGI Gator from the Full Moon folks. This is Charles Band's long-running company who's given you such gems as Doll Man, The Pit and the Pendulum. <laughs> I mean, just over the years, we've gotten some fucking gems from these. Oh, you got some Albert um, Evil Bong yeah. series, which is always fun. Evil Bong. I mean, probably best known for Puppet Master yeah, series. Yeah, I think that was the big breakthrough um, for them, right? 
But yeah, there's great ones like Trancers is really good. Um, uh, yeah. What do we have here? A creature feature <laughs> that has a purposely low budget it has bad CGI. CGI it doesn't feel kind of like Sharknado yeah type that's of why I thing. want to see it or I like this trailer that's what it's kind of going for well this has this feels like a full moon movie it's super cheap looking um, much cheaper than Sharknado yeah. <laughs> which is weird to say that for an asylum movie but it is um, not that it doesn't look like an asylum movie it just looks like a cheaper one uh, but this is full moon um to the hilt, you know, bad acting, um, nonsense plot, but still a lot of fun, right? And when the the gator shows up, I like that it's like it's all fucked up. It's like flying the around, it's like really huge. Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's all fucking all over the place. So it looks pretty fun. Like 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 you say, well, obviously that's what it's supposed to be. So kind of an ingenious idea though, you, right? Because they purposely can skimp yeah. on the CGI and go, yeah, yeah, it's the whole idea. It's a low quality monster. Like yeah, fuck, man, what a kind of a brilliant idea that is. Um, you know that. Well, these are the guys that did. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but they did um, a movie like right when the pandemic started on. Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was basically a pandemic, you know. Well, also, aren't they doing the Barbenheimer movie? <laughs> so they turned that into uh, a movie, horror movie. And then they're doing, yeah, the Barbenheimer thing, which is basically an evil doll movie, which is perfect because that's what they, they make a lot of evil doll movies. Yeah, it, it, I saw you sent me that link that they had gotten the jump on that, uh, that they have a Barbenheimer movie coming out, which is just, that's the world we live in now. So, I mean, these guys yeah, I don't remember what the, are their COVID one was called, but they do, they did have a well, COVID they're prolific one, and they can like shoot these in five so they're days. Very, yeah. And so they're, they're very, uh, they're, it feels like they're trying to pick up the mantle for, uh, for the asylum a little bit, you know, at least cause the asylum is just, I, I don't know. They're still like making weird top gun movies. Well, asylum is losing their actors to me. Netflix because see Thomas Howell was an old dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is true and a couple other actors he was big over there man he's directed a bunch of their shit like those war of the worlds not ones the, and that, a other of the ones. other ones that i've seen that's not the worst ones. but you know what yeah but they go through actors like that like uh um like eric roberts right now is probably still in there doing shit for them um actually yeah i just yeah i just got the wingman one which is like a weird fucking uh Top Gun type movie with Eric Roberts in it. It's probably three <laughs> scenes. I mean, they sell his name with the butt. Yeah, well, that's basically what they do with Eric Roberts now. He's he is the guy in an office room, like talking, like tell, on the phone, telling people what to do. <laughs> that's Eric Roberts in an asylum movie at this point. Did <laughs> you say that? I just but, imagined uh, him but with his shoes him off. But they had C. Thomas Howell. He's probably Howell barefoot when he's shooting those scenes. Like, I can't see my feet anyways. I'm gonna probably. be barefoot. I want rosary beads around him. That sounds like an Eric Roberts <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anybody else right now. But they they ran through a couple of actors like that. They'd get them for a while, and and they'd probably be done making those movies after. Yeah, fucking a Danny bit. Trejo. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure all those kind of people. I can't imagine what Eric Roberts get paid. Like, uh, who knows? Tens of thousands of dollars. Like, what would he be paid? He literally does like a day's of work. $2,500 a day, maybe? I mean, who knows? What is that? I mean, who knows? Oh, who fuck? That's like the low-budget like contract. Soaps. I have no idea. I mean, shit. 
It is a strike. People are hungry. He's willing to work. But uh, this movie looks like it's uh, cheap fun, and I'm sure it's going to be god-awful, and you've been warned if you watch it, but if you make it a drinking game and you have some fun with it, this might be uh, something to hold you over until we get the next entry from the Sharknado guys, which uh, I would be looking forward to because I hope they do because I actually like that (laughs) series. I thought they said they were done. Why fucking, come on, they got two megs. Let's get another one. Yeah, yeah, like you tell me, Ian Ziering's not going to come he's back for that shit. He's ready and willing. He's paying off four divorces, three little diligent children. Yeah. He's got expenses, pal. He needs a job. He'd be. I'm sure he'll tell you he's the only one that could fight the sharks. Yeah. <laughs> it can exactly. only be him. And he'd preferably like to do it in a Chippendales <laughs> outfit, if it was up to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Steve. Yeah, I mean, we can get Tara oh, Reid back. She comes too. cheap, or not at all. Well. That's going to do it for our show tonight. <laughs> I, 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 don't know how, I don't want to know how you know that, but all right. <laughs> That'll wrap up our show tonight. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Movie Mavericks podcast. As always, you can find our back reviews on moviemavericks.com. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! Engage!